Hey, um, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, we celebrated uh, 38 years as a community, as a church. Um, uh, the only reason we celebrated 38 years was because my mom and dad, mine and Casey's mom and dad, were future creators. They were risk takers. They didn't fit in the mold of what everyone said church should be like. Are you, are you hearing me? Uh, see, people that come to me and say, Kelly, man, you, you know, you just take this in a different direction than your mom and dad. Well, no, I didn't. It's just now it's 38 years later and it looks a little bit different the way things are done. Because my mom and dad were ridiculed, were criticized for doing, bringing dance. You don't bring hip-hop dance to a church. They were criticized for that. Uh, and, but they only because they were future creators. They abandoned their lives, their dreams, their story, and took on God's dreams and purpose for their life. That's why we're here today. And if you was to ask them about any success that Watts Bar Community Church has ever had, they would be quick to deflect off of them and say, oh, it's only God. Only God. And why I get why they're saying that and the heart behind it, because Denise and I have said the same thing. I, I don't think that's entirely the case. Because had mom and dad heard the voice of God, but not stepped out and be willing to move, come on. Casey said something a couple of weeks ago in his message that started making me rethink this. God's timing involves our involvement. It means God may have the time, but we've got to do something. We've got to step out of it. In the church, though, we'll, we use that, uh, that, that thing. Um, well, the future is all in God's hands. We can't control the future. We'll say that. But, and what I believe in the church, while we've done that, is to make our, make our excuse of just settling sound more spiritual. Right. Are you following me? Just like we use the excuse of, well, I'll pray about it. You're using that excuse not to pray right there in that moment. Come on. Oh, I'll be praying with you. You walk away from that conversation and never think about it again. Come on now. But we spiritualize it. Well, you know, we, we just can't control the future. But I believe this, guys. We were designed to be future creators. I believe God designed us to do that. Not creators in the future, but creators of the future. Uh, think about this. Of all the animals and species that were created, humans are the only one that can make a decision that will change the future. Humans are the only one. I don't care how much you love your dog. It, the only future it can change for you... Well, no. I'm, I almost went there. Man. I don't care how much you love your cat. The only future that cat's going to create is you being single with 50 cats in your house and... Oh, I, I got a little personal there. I got a little, I'm sorry. I'm joking. Come on, I'm joking. Cat, we all know cats are of the devil. Uh, so, <laughs> so, and the devil can't create the, you know, this goes up. <laughs> but we as humans, we are the only ones that can create the future. So here, here's the, the thing. Someone, you need to understand, someone 
Someone's decisions created the future you're living in right now. The decisions you're making today, you're creating a future for someone. See, the, the, the question is not, can we create futures? The question is, what kind of future are you creating? Speaking of the future, um, great transition. The past, the present, and the future all walked into a room at the same time. It was very tense. See, if you're blind, just have somebody explain that joke to you. Ask them, Ron. Jane will explain it to you. No. Hey, uh, say, say, do, do you know why we as a church, we spend money and are constantly looking at ways to improve our online experience? We're investing. One of our investments is here, all the way from the New England area. April, who, who's the crazy woman up there in the neighborhood that puts it out on the speaker. That's right. Do you know why we spend thousands of dollars every year to put on centuries and don't charge to get in? We're investing. We're investing. You know why we host AA here every Tuesday night without charging them anything for lights, electricity, water, anything like that? We're investing. We're investing. You know why we bring special speakers in on Wednesday night to speak and never take up an offering? We're investing. We're investing. You know why we spend money fixing up 412, which we're getting ready to do an update on 412 and WB Kids? We're investing. We're investing in seven ventures, and who knows how many more will come our way. But I don't want to be like the man that Pastor Bob talked about a couple of weeks ago, where the master come in, gave one five, one gave one two, give one one bag of gold, and he comes back, and the person that only got one bag of gold got it took away from him. I want to be the church. I want to be the person that whatever God has given me, I use it to such an effectiveness that God comes back and he says, hey, Jesus, did you see what this church did with the little we gave them? Give them a little more. That's what I want to be. Where we take what we've been given and we invest it. We invest it. And, that, you know, I said this last week, when we build this new building, I mean, God has really been talking to me about being actually part of the community. I, I want to have a food distribution center. I mentioned that last week, and before we even got home, Denise had a ta- text from somebody said, I want to be over that. I love the hearts of people in here. I want to have a place where people can come and find a blanket, clothing, warm clothes, I want to have a place for men and women that get out of jail, a place where they can go and learn how to live life after being told when to get up, when to go to bed, when they can eat for years, and they have no, they're used to being told. Now they, they get out, and how do I react? I think that's, I think that's ministry. You know, we've had someone talking to Denise and I already about God speaking to them about uh, opening up a place that, that houses foster children. What are we doing? They're investing. They're pouring into people's life. Here's the thing. Guys, I know that's a lot, but, and, and when I think about this new building and what our, our stage, because we're going we're to put on 
Broadway, uh, I mean, quality shows. And, so, and when I think of all that, I'm like, God, I'm looking at what I make a year. I'm looking at you. And I'm like, we can't afford it. <laughs> and God says, yeah, that's why you need me. Because if we're dreaming a, a dream that we can do on our own, we're not dreaming big enough. I asked, I asked my staff and leadership this past week, I said, hey, what are you praying about right now in your life that is so big that if God doesn't come through, there's no way it's going to happen? Because if we're not praying those kind of prayers, our prayers aren't big enough. And that's I don't even know how I got off on that. Here's the thing. We're not supposed to do things based upon our income, our abilities. I, we're dreaming so big that God's going to have to step in with his pocketbook and his abilities. See, in the meantime, we're not just going to sit around and pray, Lord, just give us this bill. No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to grab a shovel and get to work in what God has given us. We're going to work with what God has given us. Knowing that, that investment, God's going to say, man, look what they've done. They're investing. Give them more. Give them more. I'm telling you guys, the reason Denise and I pour into you, the reason our, our, our children's pastors and 412 student pastor and our worship pastor, social media director, our, our, our young adults, our creative arts, the reason we pour is the reason we pour hours of time and energy and money and emotions into you is because we believe this. We believe you're worth investing in. Are you hearing me? You may have never heard that before. But God is saying this, listen, you are worth investing in. Man, I hope you're getting this. So we know that there are resources and things inside of you that when tapped into, you will begin to see the purpose for your life and you're worth investing in. Teddy, we're here, guys, for... What, what, what is our vision and mission statement? We're here to what? Love. Love God, love people, serve others. It's called investing in seven, even eight, because we don't know what disaster may come upon this land. See, my mom and dad, the founders of this church, spent a lot of time putting grain on a ship, not knowing if it would ever come back and a lot of that grain they never saw come back. But I'm convinced of this. That doesn't mean the harvest is dead. I believe we're going to see it. I believe after me, that the, the, the pastor after me and the church after us, they will see the investment that we're in doing today. They will see it pay off. Question, this question is to all those that call this place home. Whether, you, whether you're online or in person, are you doing all that you can do? with what God's given you. Are you showing up here and doing all you can do or are you showing up here and letting everyone else do all they can do? Come on. You've heard somebody say, well, Kel, I'm doing the, doing the best I can. And you're like, no, you're not. Come on, come on. You ever thought that? If this is the best you can, we got a bigger problem than what's in front of us. But that's what I, well, I'm doing. No, no, you're not. You're not doing the best you can. You can make better decisions. 
You can do better type things with your time. You're not doing the best you can. I think a lot of people show up here on Sundays and they're like, well, this is the best I can do. I, I've had people, Pastor, you're just lucky I'm here today. Yes, thank you for blessing us with your presence. <laughs> Jesus Christ says, thank you. I'm in a spokesman for you. I'm kidding. No, we are glad you're here. And I know for some of you, it is a hardship. But you, you hear somebody say, that's the best I can do. Can, can, I, can I speak to you from the King James? That's BS. That's not the best you can do. You're not living the best life you can live. You're living for the life you've settled for. You can do better than that. There's more in you. There's more there. You just got content with your present state. See, we're supposed to be living a life that's better than I can do. I don't want to live a life the best I can. That's not very much. I want to live a life that is the best that God can do with me. That's the kind of life I want to live. I, I, I want to live that kind of life. Let's jump down to verse 3. Now it's going to get, these statements are going to get more profound. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. I told you. My, it's mind-blowing. Clouds are full of rain or water. They pour rain on the earth. And I know we're saying, duh, but what Solomon's saying is the only reason the rain comes is because the cloud is full of that water. You were meant, you were created to produce rain. Are you hearing me? Let, let, me, you, let me take it a step further. Whether you know it or not, you are producing rain. See here, this is your next point. The rain you produce is the result of the water you carry. So if I had an empty glass up here, this, this water bottle, it comes filled with water. You know what? The water does not just magically appear in this bottle. Someone has to pour it into there. And then whatever is poured, if I take the slit off, and I want tea in this, I pour tea in it. Guess what? Tea's not going to come, or water's not going to come out if I pour tea in it. Uh, Chris is over here grimacing. I pour, I pour strawberry Kool-Aid in it. <laughs> there you go. Guess what? I pour strawberry Kool-Aid. Water's it, that cool. Whatever you fill this with is what's going to come out. And the rain that you're producing in your life is a result of the water that you've allowed into it. Only what is in you can come out of you. You ever felt something like, um, I've, I've done it, so... How did I get here? What happened that this is where I'm at in life right now? Anybody ever thought that? Come on. Then, then listen to me and hear, hear me from the heart um, of someone that cares for you. You want to know how you got there in life. You walked there. You made choices that brought you there. That's how you got there. The future that you're creating right now, the life you're going to live is going to be a direct result of the choices you're making right now. You reign whatever you're full of. There's 
some people in here, you're full of bitterness. You're full of anger. You're full of unforgiveness. You're full of rage. And so when you rain, it's acid rain. And it burns everything in its path. And you need to get under another spout than what you've been getting that from, that bitterness, that rage. See, we can sit around and we can get on social media and complain about the racism, the violence, the injustice in the world, that we can hate uh, uh, on this party or that party. But here's the thing. The change that needs to happen out there has first got to happen in here because whatever is in here is what comes out. If clouds are full of water, he says, they pour out rain on the earth. What are you raining on the earth? What are you raining out on your family? Your co-workers when you go into work? That person that pulled out in front of you? Second point is like the first, last one. You rain what you're full of. What would happen, church, if we got so full of God? So full of hope. So full of grace. So full of love. So full of forgiveness. What would happen if we were so full of that, those things right there that wherever we went, we were reigning hope. We were reigning peace. We were reigning. Come on, you ever know that person? They walk into a room and immediately it gets tense. That's because they're reigning something other than God. What would happen if everywhere we went, we begin to reign the goodness of God out? So we get these things, man. There, there are people that are full of fear, anger, hatred, self-righteousness, guilt, shame, jealousy. See, a lot of times we feel those things. We're right. We think it makes us strong when we buck up against the system. When we shut people out, it makes us feel strong. Can I tell you, it leaves you broken. You want to know what makes you strong? Love makes you strong. Forgiveness makes you strong. Hope makes you strong. Faith makes you strong. What are you full of today? See, my goal every Sunday morning is to come in here and rain out faith, hope, purpose, uh, compassion. Man, my, my, that, that, deliver, that is my hope as a pastor that this team, when they get up here, that the rain will begin to just fall. Some of you came in here today filled with hopelessness. Filled with fear, filled with anger. But you felt something shift even in you as a worship team began to say, it keeps on getting better. And you, what was happening? The rain from here was overtaking the rain in your life. Yeah. What are you full of, guys? Hurt? Resentment? Unbelief? What are you full of? Because whatever you're full of is what's going to come out. If you're here today and you came in here full of anything other than God's love for you, that He loves you unconditionally, He loves you right where you are, I pray that you have felt the atmosphere shift and God's forgiveness and love and that rain would just saturate you. Let's go to verse 3. He said, continue with verse 3. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. And here's another profound statement. 
Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place it falls, there it lies. Man, next time you're arguing with your wife and you don't really have a good comeback, you say, hey, honey, whether a tree falls to the north or to the south, where it falls, it lies, and then just walk away. <laughs> the tree hits you. That's a good one. I mean, isn't that a profound statement? Whether a tree falls to the south or north, where it falls, there it lies. Anything? Of course. Of course. And, and it, what has that got to do with anything? What has that got to do with me or my life? And honestly, it doesn't unless you want to live a life that impacts your world. Then has a lot to do. Here's what Sol uh, Solomon is saying in this next point. A tree doesn't fall in a certain direction by accident. I remember um, when Dad uh, and Mom bought this land up here. At, at, we were having church down the road here. It's covered with, with trees. A lot of pulpwood on it. So my dad, his brothers, other people of the church, man, we pull trucks up here. We begin to cut cut this pulp wood and this was before they had the little things that would come down and put it man we were chucking it and that stuff is stinking heavy but i remember i learned something watching my dad and his brothers they would cut these trees they would cut these little marks in it in the direction they wanted it to fall the tree doesn't fall to the to the north or south on accident If you ever ask yourself, how did I end up here? Truth is, you cut marks in your tree that made your tree fall in that direction. And here's what's the bad thing. A lot of us making cuts on that tree, having really no idea because of how we've been taught, how we've been brought up, having no idea that we're marking the rest of our life with it. Some of you here today, you may say, I want to make a difference, Kelly, in my world. I, I don't want to end up like my family. I don't want to go down that path. I want to follow Jesus and completely surrender Him. Here's the thing. You keep saying those things, but you keep making choices and cuts on that tree that's causing it to fall in the opposite direction of what you say you want. Hear me, I love. There comes a time, because I know, man, it's, I, I know there are people that have been hurt. I know there are people in here that have been molested, Rate, verbally, physically hurt, there comes a time when we have to quit playing the victim and blaming everything else for why we are. We've got to realize, yes, that happened to me, but my response to it and my choices after that are a result of where I'm at today. I made chops in my tree that caused me to land here. If you want your tree or your life to go in a different direction, you've got to start making different choices. 
most of you know the choices you need to make. The choices that need to be different in your life. And you know if you don't start making new choices today, then five years from now, guess what? Your tree is going to be laying in the opposite direction of what you wanted it. See, those that leave a legacy, those that impact their world, that impact their family, those that impact their school, their workplaces, they have made choices that cut their tree to fall in that direction. What kind of difference are you going to make in your world? You know, Tiffany, we laid her brother 14, 42 years old. Young, man, that's young. What kind of impact are you going to have? What will, they, what will they say about you? What will they remember about your life? See, it's hard to be mad at God when you accept the responsibility that your tree fell the way it fell because of where you cut it. Because I believe there are those, I know in my life, when I've been cutting my tree in the wrong direction, and God's literally screaming, Don't cut it there! Stop! What are you doing? And I still cut it. PK, what if my tree has already fallen that direction? Holy Spirit is a lot of times referenced to as the wind. Winds are strong. I believe you say, Kelly, my life's already fallen in that direction. What do I do? Here's what I truly believe. If the Holy Spirit can blow so strongly in your life that that tree will come back up and you will be able to let it fall in the right direction. I believe that. I believe that. Hey, I was here. I, I was here Thursday night at Celebrate Recovery. I saw people in our church family. 30 days chips. 60-day, 90-day chips. And then just, what, last Friday, Boyd celebrated one year. Man, I was so stinking proud of him. Camille celebrated, what was it? One year. What was the difference? Because if you had asked Boyd, I remember, man, I hope I'm not telling too much. I am, I apologize. But it's such a good story. I remember when Boyd was first going here and, and he, he had signed up for baptism. But he couldn't get baptized because of some things from his past called up and he had to go back in jail. When he got out, he said, Miss Denise, whenever that baptism next is, sign me up. You know what happened? What the difference is? Boy, Camille and those others, they even third, that allowed Holy Spirit to begin to blow in their lives and pick them up from where they had fallen. And they refused to get stuck in their past because their tree fell that way. And they allowed it to be lifted up and begin to make cuts so it'll fall in the direction they want to live. You know, Casey made a statement in, in his message at the funeral yesterday, and, 
And I told Denise, he said, I said, I'm using almost the same line in my message, but I don't know who said this, uh, but it says, you live only as long as the last person who remembers you. You only live as long as the last person that remembers you. Casey said this, you die twice. The day that you physically die and the last time someone says your name. If that's the case, I'm going to live forever because I am always on God's mind. And God is always calling my name, even if it's to say, Kelly, quit cutting there. So if that's the case, let me tell you, you will live forever because you are constantly on God's mind. It doesn't matter who you think forgot about you. Mama, daddy, the government, the system. God says you are always on my mind. Let's finish this out. Bubba come up early because he thought I really actually meant I was closing out. He'll go learn it takes me about to the third one that I'm really closing. Verse 4. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. We've got farmers here. And farmers know that uh, the vegetables we eat, they don't come from cans. They actually grow. We, they grow them. So they know what planting and harvesting is all about. Solomon is saying there are those that never plant. They never sow because they're continually just looking for the wind, looking for the right conditions for them to do it. It's too windy today. It's not windy enough. And they continually to make excuses as to why they can't go to work, why they can't plant. He says, others, they have a harvest waiting for them. But they're too busy looking at the clouds, and they never reap. See, we know about expiration dates. To me, me and Denise... Expiration dates are just suggestions. Not to my kids. If it's one minute after midnight, that bad, it's bad. It's going away. Hey, we just figure they've, they've got enough stuff in that food. It's going to be good forever. So, don't act like you're the same way. But the thing is, actual harvests have an expiration date too. If it stays there and never gets harvested, it will go bad. It will go bad. Solomon is saying, those of you that just look for every excuse not to live the life God has for you. Stop waiting for the perfect time. Stop waiting for the perfect weather, the conditions. Stop looking for excuses not to live the life God has for you. Well, PK, I was hurt. I was abused. I was molested by someone that should have been protecting me. I was raped. I was made fun of. I was bullied. I've had racial slurs hurled at me. I've had homophobic slurs hurled at me. I'm waiting for them to apologize. And when they own up to what they did for me, then I can forgive them and move on. Oh, you're watching the wind. PK, I've been an addict ever since I can remember. I grew up watching my parents, my aunts, uncles, friends use. It was normal in my family. 
I want to break away from it, but I've tried. You know, when I can finally clean up and put this behind me, then I'll step forward in a life with God. PK, one day I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus when I get things in order in my life. When I get my act together. When the wind is just right and the clouds are just right, then I'll surrender my life to Jesus. Kelly, when I get past the pain of losing someone I love, then I'll begin to live the life God has for me. Quit making excuses. I'm I'm not saying the hurt has not been real. I'm not saying, but it's time for us to quit making excuses. Your tree laying in this direction? Allow Holy Spirit to begin to breathe new life and raise that tree up so you can begin to cut it in the direction God is telling you to go. And I know this, you know, a lot of times trees don't, they don't fall in the direction necessarily that they were cut. But something in the world has weakened them in an area, has broken them. There are cracks there. So when the wind blows, it falls over in the direction of brokenness in them. And that's some of you. You feel like this, I'm where I'm at because of the brokenness. I didn't choose this weakness in my life. I didn't choose to be broken. And again, Holy Spirit wants to blow in your life pick you up so that you can sit on the course that he has designed and destined for you. Stand with me across this room.